seekers, explorers, and renegades out there, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. The topic for today's episode is blind spots and denial. And that's usually where we find most of our resistance is uh, when we deny things about ourselves or aspects of ourselves and uh, we're unable to see those things within us that are limiting our beliefs and blocking us from uh, stepping into our greatness, blocking us from experiencing the things that we want to experience. And of course, they are in our blind spots and therefore we can't see them. So this is these are the times where it's useful to work with a coach, like psychotherapist, or you know, just have a friend sit with you and work through uh, in authentic honesty. You know, what are the things they see that you might not be able to see? And during these journeys, it is really important that we are kind to ourselves and we are sharing compassion with others, so that we can then allow ourselves to step into a safe space to explore these aspects of ourselves because it it can be really raw and uh, hurtful and so forth to step through these uh, experiences. So being in a safe space is really important to explore your uh, blind spots and to really understand what is it that I'm denying about myself, what parts of myself am I denying, what am I not accepting about myself. So let's dive into some of the sources of uh, denial and, and some tools and techniques and just practices that we can use to uh, limit our blind spots and become more of a, uh, have more of a 360 uh, degree perception of our own experiences and become fully acceptance, uh, accepting of all our experiences and all, uh, all that we are. The good, bad, and the ugly, as it were. So, I hope you enjoy this uh, episode and we'll get right into it. If you desire healing, let yourself fall ill. Let yourself fall ill. Rumi, whenever he lived, it was uh, back in the uh, 12th century, I think, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, that comes from uh, one of Rumi's uh, verses. So, what that means is clearly not to, you know, don't go and get yourself sick. But there is, if we are to heal from our core wounds and our trauma, we have to re-experience the emotions that we, or experience the emotions that we've suppressed. So that is what he's talking about in this verse. So oftentimes when we go through the process of healing, we work through the, shall we say, the low-hanging fruit. And then we go, mm, okay, I can't feel anything more. It seems like it's all cleared. But then we have someone pointing out something to us and we react to that. And perhaps then we start thinking, okay, why did, did I react to that? And we start looking at, okay, what was it that triggered that? And you discover new core woundings or new trauma that is coming up to, uh, for healing. It's, and the way I usually describe it is that you ha it's like an onion and you're peeling the layers off, right? So you peel the layers off of uh, one layer off and you think, okay, finally done with that. But then there's another layer that reveals itself. 
but a lot of times you know there are things that are hiding in our energy or in our subconscious and we may not be fully aware of them and we might be completely blind to them because they are so entrenched in our patterns and in our in our programming that we're just fully not aware of it and the they are hiding in plain sight under the veil of justification right and that justification could be uh, empathy or a cause that you uh, that you have uh, that close to your heart or that you're defending others so there might be a lot of examples of this but you know if you if you claim that or you react in in a way that is fear-based but you don't see that because you are claiming to be acting out of empathy for someone else or a group of people or a cause um, then you are still you're blind to that that the the foundation for your reaction but we're using this justification as a way to uh, avoid dealing with it so we're denying it within ourselves so you might be able to think for yourself. So if there are situations that may have cropped up like that, um, these, kind of, these things are expressed in our thoughts, our words, our actions, right? So and it is triggered. We, we, our emotions are triggered. Um, or the, these uh, thoughts, words, and actions are triggered by the emotions and feelings that we have. So they, they do get perpetuated. And this is where I talk about, you know, don't waste a good trigger. And by that, I mean, if you, have, if you are being triggered, it's a perfect example or a perfect opportunity to look out for what's hiding. You can sit in meditation for years and years and years and never observe these things that are hiding in your subconscious or in your in your energy i know uh, barbie and i when we do uh, clearings we oftentimes are able to pinpoint these uh, energies within someone's energy field and you know may go back you know way way back and it's some there's always that aha moment for the client right it's like aha yeah is that why I'm acting this way, right? So it is for ourselves when we aren't working with a coach or psychotherapist or, you know, have friends that can point things out for us, that for us to be able to uh, identify, you know, the clues are in the triggers, right? So, uh, and a trigger is always uh, an unhealed element of the tr what triggers you exists within yourself. So if you get triggered, you can observe your uh, experience from your awareness and say, okay, what was it that triggered me? And it wasn't, oh, he was being a jerk. That's not what triggered you. It was what happened behind, what was the underlying threat to you? Because there is always that fear uh, or rather, if you go back to the core wounding, the core wounding appears because the, the, you feel there is a threat to your survival 
and the the uh, conditioning comes on as a uh, way for you to uh, set, uh, secure your survival. So it's a defense mechanism. So the behavioral pattern that then develops from that is uh, generated from that de defense mechanism or that uh, pattern of defending yourself. But that's then you have the core wounding within that, which could be that you don't, you didn't think you were enough, you uh, it's dangerous to fail, or you don't deserve to be loved. Whatever it is, you always have that trigger that is encapsulated, or that uh, wounding that's encapsulated in that defense mechanism. But the trigger is uh, directly linked to that core wounding and it's the fear of that that is uh, underlying to the trigger so that's the unhealed element of yourself that you can see in what triggers you so dig a little deeper and you can uh, uncover that um and then uh, when as you as you kind of go through this process you ask yourself what when was the first time i experienced this fear and when you start asking yourself questions uh, your subconscious is compelled to give you answers right it may not come right away when you ask the question but it's going to come up as a memory or uh, just a feeling or something like that and it can come at whatever time you know a day later a week later a month later or right away but being aware of this process and being on the uh, kind of not on the lookout as being uh, vigilant for it, but just being aware that there's an answer coming will allow you to then observe and see, okay, where did this come from? So the blind spots that we have, we don't, they don't have to be blind spots if we are aware of how we act, how we think, and how we speak, and how we're being triggered. Because then you can uh, work on these things yourself. Um, so yeah, that's the original sensitizing event. It's called in psychology or in psychotherapy. Um, and we all have them. Uh, doesn't matter how conscientious or conscious your parents were, you still grew up in a society, you still grew up among uh, your peers um, so whether you know it's bullying or teasing or someone a teacher said an off-the-cuff remark or something like that uh, and I've, I know I've described this a few times on this podcast but until you're like eight nine ten years old you don't actually have a concept of original thoughts so you think if a teacher tells you Oh, don't act so stupid. And you think, oh, I'm stupid. You don't understand that you thinking I'm stupid is your unique thought. You think if I'm thinking that, everybody else is thinking that. And that's how it becomes part of your programming. Because now you have to defend yourself or you have to create a pattern or behavior or to defend that you're not stupid, because if you're stupid, then you're going to be ostracized in your mind. And if you're ostracized, then you can't survive, right? 
So it goes way, way back in our, uh, in our uh, uh, DNA, as it were. Um, so now you have to create that defense mechanism that, okay, well, I need to prove that I'm not stupid. And then perhaps you start overcompensating in that direction to defend yourself, right? So why is it that we tend to dismiss these things that, that are in our blind spots or, you know, we do tend to deny them uh, because, you know, oftentimes, you know, they, they are our adult perspective of a child's experience, right? So when we look as parents, when we talk to our children or as adults talking to children, um, we tend to talk to them from the perspective of being an adult. But children's brains are not developed to the point where of an adult. So we very rarely do you find adults that talk to children from the perspective of the child. So now when we look back on our childhood and we're looking back on our experience as a child, you know, if, if I, someone teased me in school for wearing glasses, for example, as an adult looking back on that, I'm like, well, that's nothing. But if I go back and put myself in the shoes of the child version of myself, that was painful and hurtful, right? So now, if that was painful and hurtful to the point where I, def uh, I built up a defense mechanism around that, that I brought into adulthood, then it's the pattern that keeps repeating itself within my subconscious. I may not be aware of it. And when I look back at the source, I'm like, why would I even worry about that? Because that was, yeah, someone said, you know, something off the cuff about me wearing glasses. Why would I even worry about that? But that's from an adult's point of view. That's an adult's perspective. Now, when I, for example, in meditation, if I go back and I sit down and talk to that child version of myself, I'm going to get a very different story. And once I get that, then I can start understanding the child perspective of myself, and then I can start healing that. But before I, before I connect that and bring that aspect of myself into congruence with myself in my current experience, that's going to, that pattern and that's, conditioning is going to perpetuate itself in my experiences. So, yeah, so we have the adult perspective on, uh, on the child, but there's also shame and guilt involved, perhaps. Perhaps I feel that uh, uh, it's an experience that I'm shameful or full of or guilty, I feel guilty of, or perhaps I feel that I should feel ashamed of being bothered by this. And then we start embodying very low frequencies that are not benefiting us in our current situation and uh, in our flow. It's actually hampering our flow and we, we create that resisting for, from living our life uh, to the fullest extent.
Um, so keep keep an eye on that as well. And then, oftentimes we had like the resources, or we lack the uh, ability to observe ourselves and our seeing our uh, blind spots. So we we do end up denying it because we don't have the tools to deal with it. We don't have the tools to see it. So when we are starting to do this work, developing those tools uh, is very important. They're critical to be able to then go back and work on it. So, you know, if you can work with a coach or work with a, uh, a psychotherapist or something like that to develop those tools, uh, I highly recommend it. Or even work with, you know, friends who are authentic and don't, don't sit there and uh, pay lip service as it were you know, that are compassionately honest with you. Um, and veiling, uh, as I was talking about before, that would create this veil around uh, our experiences, because if we can externalize it and say, well, I'm, I'm being empathic about this group of people, I'm, I'm helping these people. If I help these people, I don't have to deal with myself. So then we go into the other aspect of spiritual bypassing. But if we do that, then we, we just continue to perpetuate the, uh, the pattern and the uh, uh, conditioning into our experiences. And even if we're creating you know, good experiences for everybody else, we bring with you uh, with us uh, the challenges uh, into those experiences. So if we could work on ourselves and then go and help others, uh, we would create much more uh, beneficial experiences for ourselves and everybody else. I think the concept of denial is, is a good topic, but I also think that it depends on what you're talking about because I think a lot of people too, a lot of people come here via Mind Valley to podcast and they come through your meditations and things like that but most people the personal growth industry in and of itself isn't mainstream still for a lot of people and so as a result it's still kind of like the the denial is the fact that when you're living in something that you're stepping into a spiritual awakening or you're talking about 5d reality and things like that for a lot of people there's complete denial of that because that's not real and nobody actually really lives there and you know that shouldn't be the focus it's it's always like i think a lot of people want everybody to quote unquote get real and by mm -hmm. getting real get into the 3d reality of the nitty-gritty and that you know life is hard and you have to work hard and all this other kind of stuff too so i think denial can also be something that is almost like foisted upon you of people thinking that you know that this is how you're supposed to be able to feel about a certain situation. So I think that's the part about where I always like to think about the fact that your vibration is your own choice in any given moment. But I also think sometimes that denial is also the, the safeguard of the subconscious too. And that a lot of times, a lot of the things that we've experienced in the past are they got pushed into our subconscious for a particular reason that we weren't able to handle it at the moment. Yeah. And then it decides to pop out at oftentimes very inconvenient times. <laughs> It's also one of those things of where you don't always get to choose how it's going to manifest in your life either. So 
that's the part about where, like you were saying, working with a professional is a, is definitely a good thing. And, you know, other kinds of programs that assist you in being able to eradicate that. But it's still, I think that denial is, it can be a positive safeguard in checks and balances with your subconscious so that you can deal with that at a later basis. But then there's the whole concept of projection. And a lot of projections are also based out of people's denials of a certain reality as well. So it's allowing yourself to know when it's right for you to kind of tackle those issues, but knowing that when you are going through that, that you need to be gentle with yourself, but that. Yes, of course, always be gentle with yourself. Hi, um, I was just thinking about denial and um, the question that, well, the first thing that kept me um, really thinking was uh, what Rumi said about um, if you want to hail, falls, get sick. And, um, but how do you know if you're in denial and you're with people that aren't supporting you and you can't see? So it's almost like the defense mechanisms or your consciousness keeps you in that <clears throat> state of mind where you think everything is okay. Mm -hmm. So for me, <clears throat> um, and what Barbie said when she said, you know, people say, well, get real. Well, <clears throat> what is real? You know, what is real to you may not be real. What's real for me may not be real to you. Mm -hmm. And, um, it took me, like Barbie said something very important about doing therapy, and I agree 100%. But it's also to find, you, you need to find, I needed to, to um, hit bottom. Like I had to get really ill. And um, in order for me to start healing mm -hmm. myself spiritually and whatnot. But um, what was I going to say? I... Uh, It's getting denial. building. It's building. A, it's building a foundation, mm -hmm. and it's and it's building, and it's not just. Um, it's getting around like-minded people, like you said, <clears throat> that can help you through those onion layers. Because it's when you're in denial, a lot of the times it's very. It's you're kept in denial because it's a very painful thing to look at. So. To, like, <clears throat> to clear the blockages, it, it's important to have people around you that can support you, who you can talk to, where you, you can work your way through your, your problems and during your healing thing. So um, I just, you know, think to, I just, you know, think of the foundation as like one of the most important things. And I also know that the universe or God <clears throat> will only like when you will only give you what you're ready to handle you know it's not going to just give you something that is going to uh put you into a, a bad place and you know once you work through that and you peel that onion you're going to find like a new freedom like you're going to be burnt you're, you're like your a burden's going to be lifted you know like that's what's been my experience on that so um you know, and that's, and then when you, when you have the triggers, you know, if 
if you're around or somebody says something, you, you get the aha moments and then you see it from a different perspective. And then, you know, you, you say, well, you know, like you were saying, you go back as a child. Okay, so I was teased when I was a kid and um, I did this type of uh, practice where I looked at, I visualized how it was for me as a, as a child being teased by this specific person. And um, then I was taught how to perceive it from their perspective as a child. I, I can't explain how it was done, but I, I, I realized that he was, te he was teasing me because he liked me, you mm -hmm. know, and the kids are like that. So, but I didn't take it that way. I took it like, you know, I got scared and, and shy and just mm -hmm. kind of pulled away, but, but it took a lot of work to really say, wow, you know, that wasn't at all how it, how it really was, you know, so we can put. You allow yourself to you allow yourself to introduce compassion into, into the, uh, the experience. So you, you show compassion for yourself and for, and for the, uh, for the people, people involved right yeah. yeah it's just i don't know it's just that that's how i've been able to handle it so that's all i wanted to share thank you i appreciate that thank you maureen the in terms of the like barbie was saying before that you know when you get people that have not started to ask themselves the 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 real questions as it were uh, that exist in, if you like, the old paradigm of, you know, you gotta, yeah, the the uh, you gotta work hard, you gotta be tough to survive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, those those situations, those are, you know, we we have all been there, and it's like you we, it's veiling, it's denying what we really feel inside. So. If we show up in a uh, uh, situation with a group of people and we feel that oh this doesn't feel right, but still we act out from a perspective where we where we kind of just agreeing with the group and kind of but it doesn't feel right inside and we we kind of dismiss it right we are denying that feeling within ourselves and I'm sure we've all been there where at some point in our life where we acted out in a way that was incongruent with our own how we felt authentically uh, to ourselves but a lot of times like uh, Maureen is saying you know some of us need to hit rock bottom before we actually start to look at ourselves and say hey what the heck am I doing you know uh, I need to start making changes here right and it's Oftentimes when we hit that, those challenging parts that we start to look at our lives as a whole and say, okay, what changes can I make here? And this, once we start asking those questions and start making those changes, that's when we start to uh, really start digging deep and start healing ourselves, right? And yeah, absolutely. We've got to be gentle with ourselves through the process. And if you discover that you've, lived in with shame and guilt or that you've been in denial the the first 
kind of reaction that we, we default to is to blame ourselves or to shame ourselves. You know, we're just perpetuating the same behavior, right? Rather than saying, it's okay. That was my experience. And it's, that's something I can learn from and finding that, uh, what that, how that can benefit me on my journey. Um, so whatever we've experienced up until uh, the present moment has all been the source of you becoming who you are today, right? So you don't need to be, a lot of times that we, when we, uh, like you, Maureen, I had to hit rock bottom as well in order to start recognizing these things. And once we start looking back and we realize that, you know, we had a choice about it and start looking back and you kind of start getting pissed off. <laughs> why did I make all those choices, right? Why did I make that choice? Oh, why did I make that choice? And we have a period of time where it is that guilt and shame and we kind of beat ourselves up over it until we realize that we can be, we don't need to blame ourselves. We can just hold ourselves accountable. And holding ourselves accountable is different from blaming ourselves because then we are moving into a space where we can do something about it. We can reframe our experiences to see, to allow it to uh, kind of repeat into our life in a different aspect, in a different way for ourselves. Yeah, I was just going to say further to what you were talking about, how we can blame and, and shame ourselves um, for not knowing and, and that sort of thing. I saw a quote that I, I shared that says, uh, forgive the person that you were before you learned the lesson. And that's really, you know, recognizing that you, you can't look back with today's awareness and apply it to a situation that happened previously. You were where you were, you were in the awareness that you had at that point in time. And it's, it's all part of a continuing journey. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and the other part, when you were talking about peeling back the, the layers of the onion, as you peel back the layers of the onion, the pieces get smaller. They do. And you get closer to the root of it. They, they all also tend to uh, get more challenging because they they come in in uh, or rather the the challenges that you experience or that you come up against later are tougher than the original challenges because the if you were to experience the challenges you experience now in the beginning you it would have been really challenging right so that's why I find that way but that's, yeah uh, you wouldn't be able to get to it you yeah. wouldn't have been able easily get to it that's yeah. why we work work our way out and then in yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah amazing conversation thank you but yeah it's um like you were saying brenda it's you you gotta kind of work through the process and and like i always say you got you have to work through the you know see the experience from your compassionate perspective so show compassion to yourself and everybody else and the experience and then go into accepting yourself 
in the process, accepting everybody else in that, you know, you have your path, everybody else has their path, and then go into forgiveness and forgive yourself and others for uh, your, the roles that you all play, because, you know, we are all experiencing this differently. So even though we're all sitting here having this discussion, you're all listening to me right now, we are all perceiving these experiences from different perspectives. So we are all having different realities. Uh, and then once you are able to forgive, and forgiveness is a personal process. It has nothing to do with anybody else. As, uh, forgiveness only has uh, something to do with you, right? Then you can move in to find that gift. Um, when you posted the topic on blind spot and denial, you know, I just realized that I haven't thought about my blind spots for a long while. And, uh, you know, it got me thinking about that I, I was just choosing not to. I, I know. I know I have blind spots, but I was not choosing into meditating about them, I, you know, trying to figure out and name them, right? So I was thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I in denial, right? And, you know, I thought about what you talk about, could be, yes, trauma. But in my case, I was thinking, you know, it's, it's not very nice. It's painful, actually, sometimes, you know, it hurts. And also, you know, um, there is a certain fear that I felt, you know, I don't know how to change some of this, you know, blind spots. Like when I started looking at the patterns and things like that, it's like, how can I change this? Maybe I'm, you know, and then my stubbornness came up and said, like, why should you change? <laughs> Justification, right? right? <laughs> so... So it, it, it was an interesting, you know, journey just for a little while that I was, you know, thinking about this um, topic. And I feel like, but how can I look at my blind spot? You, you talked and, and um, you said something, you wrote something about, you know, when you have a coach or someone to talk to, right? And it's like, how can how can we work on this if I don't have a coach right now, for example, or someone I can talk to? I know that by paying attention to my relationships, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, can, I can try to look at the patterns or try to really think about the times when I heard many times, Jesse, you're not listening. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or, you know, repetitive things that, Yes, they, they are true in, in, in a certain degree. So I, I can see that, but are there other ways to go to the root of, of, of this situation or, or, or these blind spots? Yeah, for sure. The, well, just to uh, address the, you know, working with either with the friend or therapist or coach, whatever it is, someone else is always going to be it's always going to be easier for someone else to identify your blind spots and what you are in denial of right but if you're not if you're not in a 
safe space where someone has uh, unconditional regard for you, for you, then you are going to feel it's almost like it's going to trigger that uh, defense response, right? Because you're not, you don't feel like you're in a safe space. So if you have friends that you feel could uh, are judgmental or that you know don't give the best advice, you're not going to feel very safe to reveal or to respond and uh, be authentic about your blind spots, right? So it is about being in that safe space. And if you have friends that you feel that you are in a safe space with and that if they uh, point something out to you that you're not going to go into defense mode and act uh, and speak from a point of view of acting from the kind of defense mechanism that was created around the the, uh, core wounding, then you can... Look, you can once you start looking at the core wounding that is the source for the behavior, then you can start to reframe that experience and start bringing that aspect of yourself that is stuck back then into your current experience, right? So, it and yeah, I asked myself that question many times, you know. People said, oh, you need to heal yourself from uh, these things. I'm like, okay, well, I get that. But how the heck do I do that? How do I heal myself? (laughs) And so that's where I started working out this concept of compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude, and just working through that with every experience that comes up. And with every experience that I experience now, my uh, just practicing to go into default mode of compassion and acceptance and forgiveness and gratitude. So just repetitively kind of going through that. Um, Because then you reframe the experiences you had previously, and that way you then, uh, you, you start acting, when you act out from the conditioning of those experiences, they are now reframed into something that is positive and actually uh, providing benefits uh, in your current experience, right? So it's working through, you know, we all have blind spots and we all have things that we deny about ourselves. And it's, it's being, allowing ourselves to be uh, authentic with ourselves and showing that um, love and compassion for ourselves. And that's a process, you know, a continuous process that you work through and as you peel the layers off that onion, right? I think when you're talking about blind spots, a lot of times people seem to also, again, the get real and the other things to her to kind of get you down to the lowest common denominator. And it's almost like, you know, let's all suffer in mediocrity. And personally, mm-hmm. that doesn't really sound very appealing. But I think that when you look at a lot of kind of visionaries, a lot of those people kind of created separate societies of where they wanted to create like a different ideology. And that can go in the positive and the negative based on kind of like, you know, anthropological ways of, of doing government and all sorts of other things like that. But I think that, you know, if you look at something like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you look at someone like Willy Wonka. Well, technically to most people, Willy Wonka is insane, but to him, he has this beautiful 
chocolate factory that everything's edible and it's completely like his outer reality is the you know manifestation of his inner imagination that he I mean the whole entire movie is about pure imagination and how we can create whatever you want and then you look at a lot of the different visionaries of people you know throughout history Nikola Tesla is like one of my favorite historical characters I just think that he was such a a brilliant person and had so many ideas about energy frequency and vibration being the three building blocks of the of the universe so I think that the blind spots in some ways is the collective wanting to pull you back down into what they call reality like oh you need to get your head out of the clouds you need to stop dreaming you need to stop you know you need to get real you need to put your nose to the grindstone there's all sorts of idioms of you know axe to grind there's all sorts of things people have in regards to you know getting their their kind of fix on the the base reality but it's almost like we really do need people we need the shamans and the medicine people and the the people in different indigenous tribes be able to be the dreamers that have the opportunity to take all the collective beautiful ideas and turn those and weave those into dreams and so i think that's also in the sense of where a lot of psychology focuses on the blind spots and what's broken but in some ways the denial of the blind spots allows you to stop you know like if you have a horse that is carrying a carriage they put those blinders on the horse so that it looks forward only it doesn't get spooked mm-hmm. and so it's like that singularity of vision that in some ways, yes, having the blind spots is for the safety of the horse to be able to allow it to be able to be as successful going in the direction that was chosen to be able to go in. So I just wanted to kind of drop that into the mix in the sense of where I just see it as being like, if I had to give it an energy and a color, I would just make it candy and it would be pastel and it would be not overly sweet. And I'd be just a little bit of chocolate. And it's, you know, it's the kind of thing of where you know, if you go into a candy store, it's literally like hundreds of people's imagination and how they took sugar and fashioned it into, you know, a certain kind of a shape. And if you go to Lübeck in Germany, you see life-size marzipan, uh, you know, statues that they turned into that. And apparently that was, marzipan was worth its weight in gold back in the days of the Ottoman Empire. So it was one of the most valuable things that you could have. So again, I just wanted to turn it on the dime in the sense of where blind spots can be a positive thing because it's something you're working towards that to other people you might sound crazy but to yourself it's that vision of being able to continue doing it and then you pull everybody else with you it is interesting because one of the aspects that i feel we always have to do is to question our own motives why am i doing this and cause you know because you know you may come back to the same answer but one time you might actually come to a different answer because you have changed in a way that your motives are no different, right? So if you take Nikola Tesla, for example, uh, I could look at him and say, yeah, that's a you know beautiful notion and all of that, but he didn't quite have the boundaries set up uh, to avoid being uh, the victim of uh you know rockefeller and uh his like uh so if he had you know the core wounding that he had uh caused him to become victim to these uh magnets that that didn't want his inventions to succeed right so if he had worked that was his blind spot so if he worked had worked on those core woundings we might actually all enjoy free electricity today. 
<laughs> right, Darby? Oh, absolutely. And then you've got the fact that, you know, you had Adolf Hitler who went to Vienna and he wanted very badly to be accepted into the art world. And unfortunately, yeah. the people rejected him. He became a genocidal maniac and decided that they all had to die. So yeah. it's that kind of where people will literally, it can go homicidal, but it can also go into that fantasy space. And so what you're talking about too, in the sense of where I think for a lot of people, I mean, look at Naveen Jain and some of these other people that are dealing with the space race. It's like to them, they're saying, well, there's a lot of things that are not palatable here any longer. So we're going to try to see whether or not we can be a multi-planetary society that can go different places and be able to have different environments that we can try to see whether or not we can, you know, colonize or do whatever. But it, it's still to some people that's abhorrent. Yeah. To other people, great. So it, it's on the flip side. It's like, you know, well, who are you to think that you're going to come from, you know, the earth and with your rocket and you're just going to be able to put a little flag up there? Well, to some people, that's not OK. But again, yeah. I'm not debating the merits of whether or not it's okay to do that or not. My point though, is the fact that yeah. the people that I admire are oftentimes the people that decide, you know, the world that is made at this moment, I'm not satisfied with it. And so therefore, since I'm not satisfied with the world as it exists today, I'm going to create my own world. And then depending on how successful that you are with that vibrational frequency, you pull people forward to be able to come and assist you. And on one hand, it can be a cult member or a cult leader that ends up doing very, very damaging things. And on the other side, it could be, you know, someone like myself is talking about kindness revolution and seeing about people who want to be able to be and spread kindness around the world. So it's like, it can be, it can be the flip side on, on both sides of the coin, but I still think it's kind of an important thing to analyze because it does tie into your dreams. And for a lot of people, it's, they want you to get back into that black, white and slate gray. That's those are the three palettes of shades that they'd like you to see, but there's a whole palette of color that's available to you that is to literally your heart's content. Totally. And this is why it's so important to recognize that this is an individual process. So your process is yours and nobody else's. So mm -hmm. whatever you're doing to work on your blind spots and your own uh, process may not be working for someone else right so it is always important so even if i'm sitting here on my or standing here on my soapbox and talking about what's worked for me that may not work for anybody else but it might work for someone so that's you know one of the reasons why i'm doing this is so that i can share what's worked for me and if it helps one more person perfect then mission accomplished right so Yes, it is uh, not have. It, it's part of that, you know, compassion, acceptance, forgiveness, and gratitude. It, you know, if I can accept what everybody else is doing, then and I can accept my what I'm doing myself, then we can have that uh, compassionate relationship amongst everybody, right? And then, if I do my process and I encourage others to do their process, then perhaps we'll get somewhere in this evolutionary. Uh, uh, journey that we're on. I just wanted to share in all of it um, where courage comes into play. Mm -hmm. So in order to address blind spots, you really have to have courage for yourself to be able to open yourself up and accept feedback, do the work, you know, um, get together with a coach or a psychotherapist or or whatnot um, to really dig deep and do the work. But mm -hmm. also the person that you're working with also has to have a lot of courage to be able to 
bring you to those places to to look at those wounds um, and to look at those blind spots and and address them. And um, you know, it, like there could be times where it's really tender. It's it's yeah. you know people aren't aren't ready to go there yet or aren't ready to see that. And so, yeah, I just that just kept coming up to me, uh, the whole aspect of, of courage, both for the person who's opening themselves up to being able to see and receive feedback on their blind spots. Um, and for the person that's showing like shedding light on, on those blind spots. Yeah, no, and it is really important to, a, recognize that others that are going through that are being courageous, uh, but also to give yourself a pat on the back that if you are in the process of doing this kind of work, that you are courageous. So pat yourself on the back and you know, know that you are doing not this work for you, only for yourself, but if you do this work for yourself, that then trans, kind of transfers to people around you and even if it only helps one other person to see that you're doing the work and they can start doing the work on themselves, the work you do for yourself is for humanity as a whole. Absolutely. So, you know, so that is, you know, courageous and it is uh, the, the most empathic and humane thing that you can do is to do that work on yourself. For me, it was really important that, um, that I felt safe, mm -hmm. you know, and um, because <clears throat> when you look at your blind spots or when you're ready to heal, there's a passage that says, when you're ready, the teacher will show, will come, you know, and mm -hmm. they won't, and they won't show up until you're ready to see the truth, mm -hmm. your truth. And what was important for me was um, feeling safe to be able to, because I was like so wound, I was so like in, wound up and had a lot of issues and whatnot, but um, it, it took me a long time to trust somebody. And then mm -hmm. when I did, I, I could, um, you know, it was important to, like you like it was important for me to be able to trust that person and it was important for me to know that the person that I was going to talk to was compassionate as you had said but that they were also non-judgmental mm -hmm. and they were um able to give you the feedback that you needed to hear it, it it's almost like I, I keep thinking about like, um, as I was going along on my journey about mirror reflections, you know, like how people are mirrors in your life. And when mm -hmm. they keep showing up and, you know, hitting a trigger or something like that, like I always say, what is it that I need to learn from this person in order to, you know, release it, you know, into, into the world? Like I keep, like, I know that we're on the denial and the blind spots, but like I, I think about how when I was ready or I'd have all these people in my life that was just driving me crazy. And it wasn't until I started to heal within that these people that were, <clears throat> that were 
driving me crazy had left. Like they, they were still there, but they no longer affected me as they had. It's, um, it, it's, it's really interesting. Like, you know, you, you talk about like the dreams and everything, and then you realize that everything comes from within, you know, and it's really, you know, like, like for me, I have, you know, it's been a, a long journey and I'm still on this continuing journey. I, I, I'm still hitting blind spots and I don't, I, I think that that's good because you keep growing and you keep becoming aware. And um, I have more of an acceptance of people. I don't know if, uh, and I try not to judge, but we are humans, so we do judge. <laughs> And, um, but I try, I try to be objective is, um, is what I want to say. And I don't, you know, like I, I'm still in denial of some things. I, I still have a lot to uh, work on because I, I, I have that fear of, of looking at it and it's not, and it's not until, you know, when I'm, it's not until I'm ready and I have to like, Jesse was saying, like, it keeps coming up. How do I do this? How do I do, you know? And it's like, um, I can never understand being gentle with yourself. But it, it now I, I see it as going through the process. You know, like, it's not going to be overnight. And it's going to be a process. And you're going to have to walk the walk and, you know, and, and do the work and show up. And, um, and just be there, you know, so, you know, it's just showing up. Well, I think the being gentle with yourself, the, the first step in that is to say, you know, that first of all, that you are where you are because you're supposed to be there. Everything is in perfect timing, right? And that you can only do your best. So your best today is going to be different from your best yesterday and a bit different from your best tomorrow. Every moment, you can only do your best, right? And to learn to not attach to the emotions that come up, allow the emotions, acknowledge them, and know that every emotion that you experience uh, in increases and improves your emotional intelligence. So even though that there is pain, there is hurt, and it's uncomfortable, there is a reward at the end of experiencing it because emotions don't want to stay in our bodies the emotions want to escape out right so if we acknowledge them and we we allow the emotions space and allow them to exist they will eventually dissipate out of our bodies because they don't want to stay there it's us who are holding them into our bodies it's us that's pushing them down don't come up because you're uncomfortable. But if you're, if you're not attaching or ex, uh, experiencing the emotion from the aspect of the emotion, but you can experience it from uh, an, a point of observing it, then you can, uh, and it's you, then you can get the message that the body is trying to send to you through the emotion. I mean, emotions are there for your body to communicate with you how you feel right so uh, that's that's a different uh, different aspect to remember is the 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 reasons the emotions are there emotion or the reasons that you're in denial is 
hey, you, it's uncomfortable and it's something that you think is there to defend you. And be grateful for the fact that he has been protecting you for, you know, so many years. But now you can you can make the decision that now it's time to move on, right? Right, move on. Exactly. And, and uh, release that emotion that you refuse to work on, and you refuse to acknowledge, you refuse to exist inside your body. Um, but if you can observe that from your awareness and, uh, and just observe that emotion coming up and allow it to sit and reveal itself to you, you know, allow it to reveal its color, its shape, its texture, you know, what words are associated, whatever the, it wants to reveal to you, it might want to reveal a memory to you, whatever it is. When you do that process, you, you will then recognize that, hmm, okay, well, this is, you, you get the name for the emotion, right? So you move away from the, you know, angry, sad, and pissed off in terms of your range of emotions. Now you, you get like 15, 20, 50 different emotions that you can name as they come up. And that also makes you, as we were talking about empathy a couple of weeks ago, that also allows you to sit with other people when they are experiencing pain and show up being empathic to them because now you can you recognize their emotion and you can feel it within yourself right um, so that body communication of observing and knowing that you control your thoughts and your words and your actions so the thoughts that are perpetuated by the emotion you can control those right and doing that from the point of view of your awareness um, and being open to hearing, being open to the teachers that come along. The teacher, do, you know, doesn't have to be a guru who teaches you, you know, spiritual stuff. A teacher can be a child. A teacher could be an animal. A teacher could be a thing. You know, uh, it could be a keepsake that falls off a shelf and crashes into a thousand pieces. How do you react to that? How does that trigger you? Are you attached to the material aspect of it? So that, that thing then becomes your teacher. So be open for the teacher to show up in whatever form they wants to show, uh, they needs to show up for you. And be, be ready to be willing to hear what the, or the teaching has to uh, share with you. Oftentimes, we, if, if someone points something out to us, we dismiss it or we, we try to belittle it or joke it away or something like that. But rather than doing that, perhaps really hearing it and say, you know what, you're right. This is something I haven't reflected on yet. I will take that to, to me and I will, uh, I'm going to reflect on that. So being willing to hear the message that is uncomfortable for you to hear because normal-wise, normal you would have been triggered by it. You would have reacted to it. You have, would have reacted from the emotion that someone says something to you that triggers an emotion, you would have reacted from the emotion that then would have perpetuated the thoughts 
related to that trigger that would then kind of perpetuate the emotion. Um, and something I talk about in uh, uh, psychometry classes that I run is to know your baseline. So being aware of your experiences, your thoughts, your feelings, your sensations, knowing your baseline in your body and your energy and your uh, mental body and your soul body and so forth. If you know your baseline all the time, you are aware of changes that happen. And those are your blind spots. When you're not aware of your, uh, of your baseline, that's when the blind spots uh, are there because you don't know that they exist. But if you know your baseline, you also see the changes that come up. So the triggers are very apparent to you. You are able to say, huh, what the heck was that? That's something new, right? Whether that being a thought, an emotion, a sensation, whatever it may be. And then you can pay attention to that and allow, give a space, allow it to come up and say, hey, where did you come from? And it can communicate something to you. And just allow it to be within your body. So looking at the process, if we are gentle to ourselves and others, and we are ready to, we, we, we remove that defense mechanism to say that, you know, anybody who tells me something uh, authentically, honestly, I need to attack them back, but rather understand that they're showing up to sh uh, share something with you, right? So you, if you don't feel that you're in a safe environment, you may not want to engage with that right then and there, but you can say thank you and then move away and work on it in your own time, right? So just know that you don't need to, you know, show up in every situation and and uh, work on your challenges with people that you don't feel comfortable doing it. You can do it in your own time, but take the lesson, take the message that was shared with you, and take that with you to um, to a time when you you are able to sit down and really observe yourself uh, in that experience. And just. Just also a reminder, well, to myself, because I was listening about, you know, other people's blind spots, you know, because mm -hmm. I tend to forget that. <laughs> that, that it's just me, you know, that it's like, like a justification, right? I have my blind spot, it's right. But other people have blind spots and I have to be aware of that too, so. Of course. Out loud reminder. But that doesn't mean that we have to show up in everybody else's life and point them out. Right? Exactly. Uh, no, it's just to show up compassion. Yeah, and, and allow people to have their journey. And, you know, if you feel that there is an opportunity to, and they are open to hearing something, then you can go there, right? But... Uh, accepting that we all have our different journeys and sometimes people aren't ready to hear it or start working on it and rather than getting up into your own ego of that and saying well i'm working on my shit so you should be working on yours you know 
we don't need to do that. We can accept that everybody have their own journeys and they're, whenever they're ready to work on this, they will work on it, right? Uh, whether it being this or another lifetime, whenever it is. Doesn't, that doesn't mean that we have to choose to remain and stay in their vicinity if it's something that is, is uh, you know, not uh, congruent with your journey, right? But as long, uh, having that acceptance for it will allow us to detach from it. Yeah, I, I know when you, when you start working on yourself and you start going down this route, you start looking at everybody else and you go, why the hell aren't everybody else doing this as well? And, and it's okay. We don't need to be attached to that necessarily. Well, I don't anyway, so <laughs> that's it. up to everybody else to uh, be or not be. That's entirely uh, your journey. I accept that. Um, but I, I find it it's um, easier for me, at least, to, you know, if it's something that, you know, even my children, they're going to make their own mistakes and I have to accept that. You know, I can't be there to protect them or pick them up every time. You know, if I can give them support, that's fine. If they don't want that support, they want to make their own mistakes. I have to accept that. I don't have to, but I choose to. Question your motives. Question, you know, what, why are things happening for you? And look at, you know, why am I being compassionate to myself in the way I am picking up on these things? Um, then you will for surely be able to uh, identify these blind spots and uh, move yourself out of denial. Well, thank you, everybody. Everybody had a, have a wonderful day, evening, night, wherever you are. And uh, we'll see you next week. Working through your stuff is as equally important as any of the other hygienic uh, practices you have to make sure that you stay healthy. Um, and predominantly, primarily, we think of hygiene as something physical, something we do to our physical body, because we can see our physical body. We can see if you know our hair gets greasy and what have you. Uh, we can see if our house gets dirty. So it's something that is very on the outside of us. However, uh, dealing with our mental body and our energetic bodies and making sure we keep those quote-unquote clean as well is equally important and uh, it is something that we most of us forget. So being able to work through and clean up what's in our blind spots and what we deny about ourselves will then allow us to move into more of a flow in uh, life and to experience life more in the way we would like to experience it. Now you will find that even the most successful CEOs, the most successful coaches, the most successful sports people uh, out there are working with coaches, are working with people to make sure that they can then uh, identify things about themselves that they can't see themselves. Uh, so you know it is part of the process you know as a coach myself i work with coaches that coach me on uh, my blind spots and i coach other coaches on their blind spots or i coach other types of the personalities as well of course but it's it's really this 
connecting with someone else and doing this work together because we are all in this together so you know if you are interested in uh, exploring your blind spots and whatever aspects of yourself that you might be in denial of uh, and you want to uh, check out how we might be able to help you at the Alchemy Experience, please go to our website thealchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, just book a 30-minute free uh, consultation with us to see if we might be the place for you to explore these aspects of blind spots and denial for yourself. For now, I thank you very much for joining us here at the Alchemy Experience podcast and I hope to see you next time. Take care.